Thursdays. Every Thursday. Yo, welcome to We Love Wednesdays. Every Thursday, I'm your host, Cooley, and we are chilling with Ren. What's up? Mark. Yo. And Rob. I love Wednesdays. Every Thursday. Every single Thursday. Now part <laughs> of the Nerd Ruckus Network, where you can also find Redbeard Podcast and The Bachelorette After Party on Mondays. There's a lot of comics that came out this week. Actually, that's a lie. There wasn't a lot. Mm. Um, it was a it was, it was a short week, but the stuff that came out was definitely worth talking about. And, you know, they like, for instance, you had, you know, Deadly Class, Batman, mm-hmm. um... Iron Man just released a new number one. Marvel just released a new number one for that. Uh, Dan Slott taking taking over. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, and uh, you know, there's there's a few other things that we'll touch on. But uh, first and foremost, mm-hmm. we're gonna have Roberto kick us off with his thoughts on Man of Steel number four. Oh yeah, because there's so many thoughts about it, right? Like yeah. clearly, <laughs> I'm that asshole who judges a book by its cover, so. <laughs> I'm taking a look at the cover. What they've managed to do in books one through three is build up this mystery, right? Like, where's Lois? What's going on with Lois? Did Superman kill Lois? They've almost kind of implied it, right? By his inability to speak on where Lois is. Right. Mm -hmm. um, It's it's almost a little creepy, right? Like, why is he withholding Lois? And so the cover, uh, the cover... Like all like like previous covers didn't match the insides of the book, except this time with that mystery looming. Now I'm looking at the cover of him kissing presumably Lois. So I'm thinking we're going to get answers. Ooh, now I get to see. And I love Bendis. But we did get answers. Yeah. Go on. Tell tell me more. So we got we got an answer. We didn't get every answer. Uh, We know what that mysterious thing was that was coming through the thing that uh, that was coming through the wall or through the dimensions or whatever the fuck it was uh, that, you know, John was going, "Uh, Dad, what is that? Right. Like that's the that's the thing that's been repeated through every comic. Dad, what is that? Right. So we we see that it's actually a a ship or a vessel that contains Jarrell, who is who is Superman's father, who has come to for some reason collect no john no you can't you can't for some reason me i'm a marvel guy and i'm just trying to jump in here and i have there's, no idea what the fuck is going on like i know who jorel is but there's still two issues left that's the, that's the mystery of the book Wait, you don't give away the mystery i of was the book. hoping you could tell me about why jorel is chilling there and everybody's all good with it oh like oh go with uh grandpa now grandpa came to pick you up for the weekend i'm I'm pretty sure it's been established that Jarrell's alive. Yeah, in the, that's, in the that's what I'm saying. Like this is this like, is what I'm saying. I this I is pay, new. This I pay is new for all of us. Probably this is new for all of us. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure just from following news cycles and shit like that that I've read, a hey, Jarrell and and, yeah. and and shit were still alive or some shit. Um, I can't I can't definitively tell you that though. My best clue was Supergirl. Like Supergirl at one point said, or it wasn't. Was it Green Lantern? Maybe one of them said. Um, are there any other Kryptonians from this dimension or other dimensions or parallel universes? Like somebody actually said that in the yeah, book. Yeah, that might be a key. Right? Like, yeah. So I don't but, know. Maybe. But that's the thing. Like this is, look, man, you know better than anybody. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe not anybody, but you and I know better than anybody. I know things. <laughs> right? We both know better than anybody. I know stuff. That Bendis 
plays the long game, man. There's no there's no such thing as Bendis giving you all the answers in three books. Like you've got you've got to keep reading, you've got to see where he goes with it. You might not get an answer for this mystery mm-hmm. until we're well into action comics. Uh, this mystery is like it could just be planting the seeds, very much like when Hawkeye disappeared, and then we find out that that was the whole impetus for Secret Inva- Invasion. Um, like this is Bendis doing his thing. There's a lot of big fights, which feels like DC, right? There's this intergalactic fight brought down to Metropolis. That feels like DC, and that's pretty dope in a DC kind of way. Um, but Brent, but Bendis is bringing this like character-driven piece to it too. Like people are fleshing out who Jimmy Olsen is, even still, right? Like there's characters like, oh, I thought he just gets coffee and stuff. Right. Like, those are little Bendis things, and those are things. Those are reasons that. That Bendis made Marvel better, but that's what Marvel was already doing. Like, I love that fleshed out, humanized version. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I, I I do really appreciate that here, but I've got more questions than answers at this point, and 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 that's pretty much my feelings. What did, what did you think? Um, I thought that he did that well, um, and I expected that from him because that's his his uh, his trademark, in my opinion. Like everything that he's done, he's he's always elevated characters by elevating the characters around them. Yeah. Um, and, and giving you more insight into those characters that way. Uh, so that's, if he didn't do that, I'd be super disappointed. Um, the thing that I really like is this Rogel Czar guy. <clears throat> Up until issue four, I really had no idea what to expect from him. I got an idea of like what his, his abilities are, like how he, how he strategizes. Like his strategy is dope. Like, yeah. Like getting, getting Superman in the city to like, you know, get him off his game and like make him you know, like not think and make him overreact and shit like that. The way and the way that Superman figured that out, and like I really loved him. I really loved him calling out and saying, "Okay, time to play Batman." Time to play Batman. Yeah, but that's anti character of of Superman, and and it's okay. So so I like that Superman adopted in that situation. My problem is that didn't really feel like Superman to think critically and to do all this and take a pragmatic approach. So uh, that's where I'm wondering if he's being a little too Marvel, right? And a little too layered because this is a character that to me, since his inception, has always felt like a very 2D character. Right. But and thank you because that's what I want is to, for him to be more 3D. It might be a little, he might be jamming it right in there a little too fast for me. You know what I mean? No, because you don't know. I, 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 this is just you being resistant. I, I, and I know this. And, that, and that's fair. Yeah, and I, I'm not mad at it. I, I I'm not mad at I it. Think, I think I, I embrace a, things a little quicker than you I think I made a fair point, and I think your assessment of my point is also fair. Right. I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think I do embrace things a little bit quicker than you do when mm-hmm. I, when I have something at stake there, like Bendis being involved is like a, a huge catalyst. I, just, for I don't want to see book. Superman be the world's greatest detective all of a sudden. Well, he's not. That but, didn't make him the world's greatest. So, that that made him that made him <laughs> detect something. Yeah, he detected something. Like he wasn't like solving any like right. huge mystery. So, so to go back to your point though, to go back to your point, uh there was some motivation laid out. Like he and it's not a lot, but it's enough to to point in the direction. The Kryptonians he referred to as a virus or a plague. It was something to that effect. Yes. And he wants to wipe out this virus. Well, he he considers the Kryptonians the virus. Like they're not, they're not spreading anything. It's like they are the virus. They're a plague that's going to like destroy the universe. And he's very singular minded. I'm a little sad not to get answers, but I'm happy with things like that moving the story forward. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued <clears throat> by a number of the things. Where's the hot redhead? Where, you know, where, uh, I want to know more about why he hates Kryptonians and why the hell Jor-El is just chilling out here. Yeah, it's. 
I mean, dude, I, I think I think it's good. I also think it's a weekly series, so there's not a whole lot of time to wait for answers. And it's not the end of the series yet. So you're going to get your answers. You're going to get answers, maybe not all of them. And I don't want all the answers. I want him to set up the next year or two for me to actually unfold a lot of this shit like throughout Action Comics. It keep, that's what keeps you coming back. If you have all the answers, what's the reason to keep reading? That's just my, that's my two cents. Um, Ren. Yes. <laughs> Deadly Class. Yo! I'm Tell so me about excited. it, because I, I, I read up until the end of the first arc, like like uh, Roberto. Did we Absolutely fuck up? loved it. Yeah, you super goofed up. Absolutely loved it up until that point, and I don't see any reason why I wouldn't like it afterwards. It's just that kind of felt like it it wrapped everything up and I didn't see why it needed to go on. So tell us, tell us what we're missing. You're missing so much. I mean, <clears throat> this comic just got picked up by, I think, Sci-Fi um, for a TV show now because it is so excellent. Um, yeah, the first arc did wrap things up a lot, but as with all comics, they're like, here's a crazy new thing that we need to talk about. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to spoil it because there is a TV show coming out. I hate to talk about things where they might revamp the story. Um, so I'm just really excited for it. And you need to pick it up. And then we can all talk about it. Word. Word. <laughs> um, this latest issue, have you have you actually read it yet? or? So I peeked through it. I haven't <clears throat> had time to read it yet. Okay. Okay. But I'm very excited. Is Word. it still Is it still like this badass, no apologies punk story? Always, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Like, Re- I, that Reminder dope. writes that, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm. And the, the colorist is amazing. I pick it up because of the art. Like, that's the first thing I saw with the story. Um, the first volume was out by the time that I found it. And I just saw this blue cover with this class of assassin kids. And then on the flip side underneath them was just, like, bones in their outline. And I was like, what is this? And I picked it up and... The art was insane. None of the characters look like wholesome people. They all look like degenerates. And you had like a girl who had De De Los Mortos makeup and the main kid just has a slash through his face. You can tell he's just like a dick and he's had a rough life. Right. Is Wesley Craig still doing the art? It looks like it, but I'm not 100%. All right. It it gets so crazy. Like you're reading it and you're like, I feel kind of bad for these kids because they've all had a rough life and they're not forced to be assassins but kind of forced to be assassins and they're all super young just having like really fucked up lives killing adult people and it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier the art is consistent all the way through the colors are consistent all the way through the story just stays interesting so that's the main thing you want out of a comic if anybody's looking to buy uh like uh the first issue of this comic mm-hmm uh, I've seen it on eBay for about thirty bucks. So they're still talking about DV eight. No. no. <laughs> oh. About... Deadly class. We're talking about deadly class. Deadly class. I, would, I would anticipate there to be some movement on the book due to the fact that the original show coming out. Oh so. yeah, you definitely want to grab a yeah, copy of that. Yeah, time to get it if you want to get it. For yeah, sure. As soon as it as soon as it comes out. So yeah, so so just real quick, uh, I just want to throw out there that while I have not kept up on deadly, uh, deadly class. class the original 25, 26, 27 issues, whatever it was that I did read was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, it's 
something that everybody out there should be picking up regardless if there's a show coming out. So, I mean, like, if you get a chance, like, gra- you just grab the the, tr- the trade paperback, the collected editions, whatever you got to do, uh, and, and just read this story. It's actually really, really fucking good. If, like, weird indie art that's actually <clears throat> excellent appeals to you, but also, like, insanely violent shit for no reason, like, you have to grab it. Iron Man number 601. Or Tony Stark Iron Man number one. Number yeah. one, they're both the, they're both the same. Like if you look at the if you look at the title, like in the little uh, number box, it actually does say six hundred one for Iron Man, and number one for Iron, Tony Stark Iron Man. So it, it is a continuation of the old book while taking it in a new direction, which some people have a problem with. I don't, but whatevs. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give those who have a problem with that a chance to speak and voice their opinion. <laughs> that would be me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you. Well, I didn't get a chance to read Iron Man 601, even though I was kind of intrigued with the end of the last issue when they introduced Dr. Tony Stark. You know, the amalgam between uh, Dr. Strange and Iron Man was pretty cool. But Right. Uh, I picked up Tony Stark Iron Man number one, and I flipped through it, and the art was just, to me, it was just piss poor. I was like, I cannot believe... They they made this comic with there were over twenty five covers, varying covers, and it looked like it was something drawn for uh, for power power pack. I'm or, gonna be honest when I when you <laughs> when you texted me and said that like I half expected to open the book and and see something that looked like the the janitor at Marvel's offices drew the shit with his feet. Oh and my god! It's like you might as well have like drawn the Smurfs or something. I don't know. It was just very cartoony. I didn't see any realism okay, to it at all. So. So that's different, right? Because that's we're saying two different things. Like, is it bad or is it cartoony or is it or is it both? Right? Like, um, and and I, I I felt you when you when when I when I just listened to you and I was hearing you say this, but but I wonder if it really is bad or if it's the silly nature of the book, and that goes along with the words. Like as I was reading the book, it definitely feels way more lighthearted, and I felt like the art kind of matched that. I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed. Um, and I, and I understand where you're coming from, but I also felt like the book was way more lighthearted, definitely intentionally. So, but I have a few questions and problems too. What did you think of the art? I actually liked the art. So it wasn't by a janitor's feet. No, no. I thought the art was actually really well done. Like I thought it was, I, I, I put it on par with like a, a Stuart Immelman, uh, like who is one of my, one of my favorite artists, um, like it wasn't exactly Stuart Immelman, but it was it was that style of artwork. I mean, if you're if you are someone who wants Jim Lee, Greg Capullo, uh, yes, you know, <laughs> yes, like <laughs> Thank those you. those those flashy types of artists, then looking at this is going to be something that's going to be. It's not going to be on that level. It's not it's not flashy. You're playing between extremes. I am. I don't know if that's fair, but it is because because he just said yes. He just he like he literally just agreed with me, which means that that's what he, that's what he's into. You're like, and, but you're that's saying, the, that's 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 everybody look, has their own. It's not Jim Lee, but it wasn't drawn by a janitor's feet either, right? No. Like that's not a fair. No, no, no. That's, that's not, not a fair. Bar. That's not what I'm like, saying. That's not the bar that that's we should not be what setting. I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that this artist. Uh, that's, what you said. that's not what I said. Uh, I'm saying what? this artist has a different style, <laughs> right? This artist has a different style yeah. from a Jim Lee. Yeah. So, 
it which may match not, the tone. It may not tickle your fancy. You may not be into that style of art. I particularly am not into, say, uh, I don't know, but the kid who draws like super fuckers, right? Like the the weird like is uh, that a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, <laughs> super fuckers. Uh, are they're are like, they like assholes or do they? fuck like really no well. they're just assholes oh. uh but but it's like uh they but it's like drawn in the adventure time model like i'm not into that shit like that's like i wouldn't want to read a comic drawn like that but i'm not into super fucking either okay but but point is like i'm not into that style but there are people that love that shit yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i so, hear you so i'm that's all i'm saying is that art is subjective it's not something that you can look at and say that art sucks and that art's good. You can just say I don't like that art. So, so Iron Man, we had some other we had some other problems with Iron Man too, right? Yeah. I mean, I could get into all the diversity of characters that Bendis brought, right? And how he had new audiences into Marvel because they can relate to certain characters. Preach. Um, and and I I think what's important is I I can think of people in my life. I can think of my nephew who's half black, half Puerto Rican, like Miles Morales, and super smart. Um, and I can think of he's got a character who's like him about his age, all of this stuff. And I think it's super cool. That's why that's why diversity is important, not to not to have less white uh, characters, but to have more characters that more people can relate to. Right. Right. For sure. To step aside from the diversity piece for just a moment. Another thing that Bendis brought to Iron Man was this whole new layer to Dr. Doom. I get it. Dr. Doom's got to go back. He's one of the most important villains in all of comics, not just Marvel. And there's a plan to bring back Fantastic Four very soon with Dan Slott as the writer, so we probably know where Doom's going. I, I get it, but man, I want to see where he was going because he clearly didn't even get close to there. If anything, my biggest criticism of Bendis ever is introducing this really cool, irredeemable Iron Man, right? Like this this um, Dr. Doom Iron Man, and and he's wasted away fighting like the Red Hood and stuff. What sucks is that now that Bendis left and went to DC, he left, that... he left and it feels like... Why does that suck? Because you're bringing a great writer because to he left, DC now. Because he left Marvel, and it feels like instead of him leaving Marvel and other people sliding in and taking over what he started, it feels like Marvel just kind of cut ties and almost just erased everything that he had set up. He probably needs more to DC than he did to Marvel. Marvel's probably got other great writers. DC is probably more limited. Would you agree? And that's going to help DC more than he would help Marvel? He's definitely going to help DC. He is more i don't know if he can be as impactful because he made such a huge impact at marvel marvel is what what it is today because of what he did i agree yeah but there have been no announcements as to what's going well aside from spy d right no real announcements as far as what's going on with i will flip the table yeah (laughs) no no real announcements as far as what's going on with riri uh wasn't she wasn't even what I would say is an afterthought in this book. Like they, they showed a, uh, a group photo kind of, of and maybe that's Riri. Maybe it's not even Riri of team Stark. Yeah. And I know Riri was not in that photo. Right. No, they, I'm looking around the picture. I'm in the background. I'm like, is that Riri? No, is there was Riri like, here? there was a, unless, unless, unless she's trans all of a sudden, because like there was a, oh my gosh. there was a, there was like a tall, like lanky dude with a Riri Afro. How could you but, tell those things? Oh my God. What, that he was a dude? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, he was a dude. But what I'm saying is that she's an afterthought, or less than that. Um, was Doom even mentioned? Doom wasn't mentioned at all. Um, 
it's it was just, like business as usual. It was like nothing. Jessica just Jones. Jessica Jones is gone. Yeah. Like that issue, and that last issue was her last issue for that comic. Right. So it's like what I what you usually see is when when a major writer leaves, they kind of fill in the gap, and they have somebody else take over, and you know they have plans for these great characters. But you have some of the greatest characters in the MCU, characters that have spawned their own TV series and well-received TV series at that, and they just disappear when he leaves. It's just really weird to me. It feels like Star Wars Episode Eight. Like, yeah, 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 JJ, you know, thanks for getting us here. Fuck your characters. You know what I mean? Snoke is dead and all these other, you know, just forget all this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't feel like that to me. I'm sorry. So let's get back. You mentioned yeah. a group photo, right, in this in this. Tony Stark Iron Man book. The book's called Tony Stark Iron Man, and yet there's this group photo because the one thing they definitively did, despite the title, is... That Iron Man is a collective. Yeah, that was the theme of the book. You know, we've been talking about this comic for, I think, quite a while now. What what is the comic actually about, that that, uh, this particular issue? It introduces um, a new status quo for for Tony. where he's got a team behind him and the team basically are like kind of like they're in his ear they're kind of like sassy every, robot everybody's the man everybody everybody on the team is basically the man in the chair right like that's what it is and but he's got a group of people that have different specialties and different things that kind of you know help him along the way in different like aspects of the company um including being iron man and and going out and fighting you know fin fang foom in this issue uh which was dope as fuck in my opinion he like has like these like uh repulsor cannons that all kind of like fly out and do like they're taking him on on his own and then all of a sudden like he comes out in this like ship and they all fucking form into this giant iron man armor like it's like fucking voltron it's really dope it's so dope and then like when star dragon yeah and then and then when and then when voltron like when he when voltron's fucked up by fin fang foom he just ejects and he's in his own iron man armor and then he does like this nano shit. It's just like there's a lot of really cool little pieces that are in there, but no Riri. And that really fucked me up. I, I want Riri. I don't want Fim Fang Foom. I want this like technological. <laughs> I want this character. He was F3 here, right? F3. I want I want mm-hmm. this tech character. I, w- I want him to be more grounded. Like that's these are the things that I love about Marvel. And I know they have their moment and I know they have their Fing Fing Foom and the outer space people and all that stuff. But I love the grounded stuff. And Iron Man's one of those books where I could get it. And in your very first book, you're giving me this dragon coming out of the water like a, who's talking about how he's got a disc in his throat. Please help him. You know what he, I mean? He, he didn't talk he about that about at it. all. He, he, he had an inner monologue. Happening. He certainly did not. <laughs> he didn't read the subtext. You didn't read the subtext. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Anyway, did you like the book? I liked the book. I didn't love the book. I like the book. I want to see where it goes. They have... I'm giving them 10 issues to prove that this can be as as good a book as what Bendis was doing. Dan Slott has earned that with his run on Spider-Man, in my opinion. Yeah. He's, he's earned the benefit of the doubt. I want to see where he goes. I want to see what he does. But... It's going to be really weird to me if all of a sudden Riri Williams is just not a thing. What's really weird is what you just said, that 10 issues to see if it's as good as Bendis. To us, to you and I, that's a high bar. To the rest of the world, from what I'm reading online, that's a very low bar. The world hated Bendis' work on Iron Man. They Mm. hated the Doctor Doom stuff. They hated the Riri Williams stuff. So we are super, not you and I, for once... But you and I stand together against the world on this one, and I, I find that super interesting. So I think the world's actually going to like 
going to embrace this this Iron Man book. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, again, Dan Slott deserves the benefit of the doubt. Um, Dugas. Word. What's up with the uh, books and and key issues that we can look out for for upcoming films or films that have been released, uh, TV shows, things like that? Okay. Uh, well, I guess you could start with Infinity Wars, obviously the mm-hmm. biggest movie of the year. Uh, Iron Man number 55 is the first appearance of Thanos. That's probably the book to have, but it's it's pretty pricey. You're looking at like 1400 bucks. In like a 9.2 condition, which is the highest price in the guide. Like, do you think that that's a good investment, though? Like, would would you say somebody should spend 1400 bucks now while the getting's good? Or would you say that that's a pretty high price to go in at? Uh, that, that book will continue to climb because the new guide will be out. And that will reflect all the uh, all the, the action on uh, people buying that comic over the last several months. Not only that, but... Uh, Thanos is going to be in the next Avengers movie, so right. it's going to continue to just keep going higher. Uh, other books, obviously, Infinity Gauntlet number one, which is actually the whole story of the Infinity Wars. That's how it all started. You know, copies. It's a it's tw- it's a twenty five dollar book. Uh, get it now. What about Thanos Quest? Thanos Quest uh, one and two. Those will be good comics as well because uh, for those that don't know what that is uh, it shows Thanos on his quest to get all the gems right that was like the pre the prequel or the precursor to Infinity War correct and those run about $60 each so I expect those to move higher a little bit or Infinity Gauntlet I mean yeah correct Infinity Gauntlet was the uh, the book that that came out before another key issue from that movie would be uh, the Silver Surfer number 44 that is the first appearance of the Infinity Gauntlet Mm-hmm. Very key book. It uh, goes for about $60 on the guide. I've seen copies uh, graded 9.8s online go for about three to $400. I've even seen one go for like as high as $750. Wow. Yeah. So I actually I, I snagged a few copies myself because I'm like, I have to get this now before it's just going to be unattainable for me to buy. Right. Mm-hmm. So other than that, there are a few other uh Keith Thanos appearances you could grab uh, Captain Marvel number 25 it's the second appearance of Thanos that'll run you like a hundred plus dollars depending on the shape you get that the first Thanos solo story is actually Logan's run number six you can get that for uh, for under a hundred dollars right now that might move because it's his first solo mm-hmm mm-hmm um, there's other runs too. There's uh, there's there's a run in the Warlock series, like issue ten to fifteen, when he fights Warlock. But I would say the key ones is the Iron Man fifty five, the Infinity Gauntlet number one, the Silver Surfer number forty four. Those would be the, my top three picks for that movie. All right. Nice. Um, do you think the Annihilation stuff is uh, worth grabbing? Like, do you think that that could be a direction that they go in with the uh, the Marvel Universe in the cinematic uh, phase four? Yeah, absolutely, because I think it's pretty clear if you're paying attention to what's going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the next phase is going to be the cosmic phase. Right. You're going to continue with the Guardians of the Galaxy. They've already announced the Eternals movie. They hinted very very strongly about a Nova movie. 
Um, Adam Warlock's going to become part of this universe. You know, he had a a cameo of his cocoon in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. In one, right? Mm. Oh, was it one? It was, was both. It two the two yeah. focused on it. One, it was kind of an Easter egg. Oh yeah, yeah it was in the uh, the collector's yes chamber. Okay, correct. Yeah, so uh, that could be something good going forward. But uh, as far as why the Annihilation storyline would be good, uh, I don't. I can't really tie it into any any movies coming out yet, though. Right. All right. <clears throat> all right. And uh, you had one more book, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know why more people aren't reading this book. It is Black Hammer, the new storyline, Black Hammer, yeah, tell Age me of about, Doom. Tell me about Black Hammer because oh, I see it. Oh, my God. And it, and it strikes me as something that I would want to read. It seems like, is it? does it have anything to do with mythology or is it like, is it a superhero book? Is it's it not a, a superhero, superhero book? book and it's like an old timey superhero book. So when you open the first page, it's got this like, crazy metropolis type city it kind of almost looks like bioshock-esque because of the way they rounded off the tops of buildings and put like a blue filter over things okay um but it is very 1920s style when the the heroes first show up and they all have to come together like some are kind of on the edge of villainy and some are very like i'm the do-gooder of the of the city and they all come together to face this like anti god. It was a different character. It was different. Yeah, yeah I was. A, I noticed yeah. the same thing. Yeah, you like that? That's my 1920s <laughs> <Yes>. voice. Um, <laughs> banana oil. Like, like, like yeah. it's like a, it's like a like 1920s person now, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Because like they're super old and like <laughs> decrepit. Like, <Yeah. laughs> wow. But um, they all come together to face this anti god who's humongous. Like he's bigger than a sentinel in the X Men universe, but kind of almost looks like it. Um, coloring is similar. And for some reason, they all collide with their superpowers. They're not sure if they take out this evil person because they all wake up on a farm. Hmm. They all wake up on a farm. They don't know where the heck they are. The main character, Black Hammer, you never meet him because he actually tries to find a way out of the farm, hits a barrier, and just implodes. Like, there's an invisible barrier, and he's gone. Awesome. He's dead. That is dope. Yeah. He's just dead. They, like, bury what's left of him, which is, like, little scraps. Is and... he black? Oh, yeah. He's black. So he's a black dude. He's a black dude. So the first guy that dies is a black dude. <laughs> of course. But. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think she likes it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's also an sure, alien uh, called Barbalian. Um Who's like Barbarian? Yeah, he's supposed to be like a barbarian, a barbarian and an alien. Um, you have Golden Gale, who she gets her superpowers when she's a little girl, but once she turns off her superpowers, she just continues to age. So she's like a seventy-year-old woman turns her power on, and she's back to being like twelve. What issue are they on? Um, there, are, the first run came out, and I think they did like ten or twelve. Um, and now they're on issue three of the new storyline. So what happens is they go through like a whole series of crazy stuff in this farm trying to get out. And for some reason in this other realm, Black um, Hammer has this daughter. I think she's much older now, like early 20s or so. And something happens where she gets drawn to the farm from the other planet. And it's her picking up the hammer and her father's powers are transferred to her. Oh, pretty dope. Yeah. Now, is the hammer kind of like Thor's hammer where like only oh, certain it, yeah. people can lift it? Oh, yeah. It's this huge hammer and it transfers its powers um, 
once it knows that it, it's needed. Like when Black Hammer first received his powers, they do they do like a backstory on him so you get to be familiar with the character. I think he saw the original Black Hammer like getting the living shit beat out of him. Like right. he's dying. And like the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, he's like, I'm dying. Here's my powers. And Black so Hammer's kind of, like, what? So it's kind of like a cross between like Green Lantern and Thor. Oh, yeah. And it's right. excellent. Um, I think Matt Kint does the art and he's just great. It's not like a traditional, like this is how a face should look, but I understand that this is a face and I like this style. Okay. All right. Crazy, crazy good. More so like people Picasso. should read this. Not, not too Picasso, but more like <laughs> rounded. All right. Yeah. Shame on me for missing out. For oh my God. Time. It's one I of the best. I've just never. Yeah, same. Yeah. One of the best. Please pick up like at least the trade of the first one because it's so worth it. Will do. All right. Cool, cool. A um, couple of other things to pick up. Uh, Batman number 49. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, it's a continuation of 48 where, you know, the Joker shows up and uh, Tom King, in my opinion, writes the best Joker ever. Um, like, just, he's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. the, the craziness of this Joker is, like, it seeps off yep. the fucking page. So dope. Uh, but in the, in this issue, it's just a continuation where, you know, Catwoman shows up uh and you know she's trying to help her future husband which happens in the next issue um but uh you know she just basically you know fights the joker and then they're laying there for pretty much most of the issue because they beat the shit out of each other and he he shoots her she claws his throat and they both they both have to put pressure on it so they can't really fight anymore so they're just laying there but they have this really cool fucking conversation about the old days with like you know the the other villains do you remember edward talking about uh you know the riddler and you know do you remember uh you know the penguin with his umbrella what's up with the umbrella anyway and they're like they just have this really cool like hey we're old friends we we used to fucking you know wreak havoc together in gotham what happened you know you know where do we go from here kind of thing and the Joker's crazy throughout the conversation, but making some sense and, and being somewhat of a, a good, uh, you know, person to have dialogue with. And uh, Catwoman is being Catwoman, and it's just really cool up, right up until the end of the book, which I'm not going to give anything away because Rob's sitting here and he's reading that shit uh, actually right as we speak, right? I'm currently on page four. Currently on page four, <laughs> so I'm not going to fuck with him. Uh, but definitely something to pick up. Uh, Justice League number two. I, I wanted to talk about Justice League number one last week, uh, but I ran out of time. This week, fuck time, right? So uh, <laughs> you just broke so, the time continuum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, time is fucked. Uh, just call me Cable. But um, oh my gosh. But Justice League number two, Justice League number one came out, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So I, I don't know. I guess it's bi-weekly. That's kind of weird. Um, but it's written by uh, Scott Snyder. Uh, who is the guy that w- has been writing Batman up until Tom King took over. And uh, he's doing a pretty good job. I uh, I bought the first issue, Legion of Doom. Yeah, Legion of Doom. Boom. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't get any better for me. Yeah, no, Legion of Doom is being brought together. They actually are using the uh, the headquarters from the uh, the Super Friends show. Um, they've, they've showed like little kind of glimpses at it. There's going to be a redesign for that shit, but... So it doesn't look like Darth Vader's head. Okay. Um, I was wondering if they're still flying around in you, Darth Vader's head. Yeah, no, they can't. Like, yeah, that's something that they have to change a little bit. Um, but it's going to be recognizable. You're going to look at it and you're going to be like, oh, it's the Legion of Doom headquarters, like from Super Friends. And like this, I, 
I know they've done versions of the Legion of Doom in different things, like from like you know the the, the animated movies and the um, and some of the comics and shit like that. But they never treated it with any seriousness. How about Justice, remember that series? Yeah, that was pretty. That good. was that was probably one of the best. But it it was also a wasn't that kind of like a that was the Alex Ross thing, right? Where where it right. took place in the future and it was like it just I don't even know if it was actual continuity. I don't think it was. So. But I mean, like, this is the first time I think that we're actually getting a a, a real proper version of the Legion of Doom uh, in continuity and something that's going to have some lasting effect. Um, and Luthor is back to his old ways, being evil and being a jackass, which is the way that he should be. I don't like him as a hero. I don't like they, <laughs> the way they tried to paint him as, like, you know, somebody trying to redeem himself and shit like that. They did it well with Doom. They didn't do it well with Luthor. Uh, I just wasn't interested in that at all. I like the evil genius, fuck aliens, Lex Luthor. Um, I don't like him as a friend, but I like him as a, a villain. Um, and yeah, that that's pretty much it. It's a, it's a good, good story. Uh, and they actually they created a new... Um, Snyder creates a new uh, ring for uh, the lanterns. Like, you know, they have like oh. that, that spectrum of, of uh, you know, light-wielding lanterns. Now there's an invisible spectrum, which is the ultraviolet uh, spectrum, and it's it's the the ultraviolet core uh, that's going to be uh, a major force to be reckoned with by the Justice League. It looks pretty dope. Oh God, another ring color, <laughs> or or another ring non-color. Right. Hmm. What's next? Uh, the infrared ring. Yo, that could be a thing. <laughs> That really could be a thing. This I, looks like it's fueled by hatred. I'm with homie on this one. I, 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 don't know. I, I like it. Hey, can I give uh, can I give three quick shout outs? I think we're out of time. All right, thank you. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so, so number one, uh, number one is uh, you mentioned animation a moment ago, and yeah. uh, Amazon has picked up one of my favorite books ever, Invincible. Invincible like the dopest book that nobody reads uh it's a classic superhero style book from the guy who gave us walking dead and zombies and all that stuff robert kirkman mm-hmm. um i absolutely love the book i can't wait for the show uh luke cage comes out uh tomorrow on netflix and here's hoping to it being as good as the first half of the first season uh you and the second half i love the second half i i, I kind of lost interest in the second part of it oh the second my half. god we've discussed this already but that's a whole nother thing yeah yeah uh <laughs> and uh but my superhero of the week my superhero of the week is after is 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 black panther after um after chris pratt came out during the mtv awards and at moments was inspirational and at other moments was just bizarre mm-hmm. um chad chadwick boseman came out uh, accepted his award, that big golden bucket of popcorn, and he gave it to David Shaw Jr. Do you know who David Shaw Jr. is? David Shaw Jr. is the Waffle House hero, right? The one who people are wondering why the White House hasn't recognized him for his efforts to stop a gunman when everybody else is running away while people are getting shot. David Shaw Jr. was the one who charged the gunman and fought the gunman and wrestled the gun from him, preventing further deaths. Um, And he's gone largely unrecognized other than, you know, certain parts of the media until Chadwick Boseman took his his golden uh, bucket of popcorn and said, here, I want this to live at your house. In other words, indicating that he is the true hero. And that to me was just super dope. Like that's the superhero moment of the week for me. Yeah. Nice. And that's going to do it. Uh, Like I said, check us out every Thursday. Uh, We love Wednesdays every Thursday. Uh, You can check out Redbeard podcast on Fridays and Mondays, and you can check out the bachelorette after party with Tony and Becca 
on Monday nights. Uh, thank you and good night. Make mine marble. Bye. Later. <laughs>